Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Praise the Lord. Yeah, our Lord is faithful. You know, I was challenged this week by the words of uh, one of our students when we were having a discussion in class and we're having a morning devotion. Have morning devotion before classes start and this student was saying, although the morning devotion is short, might have had other time of prayer. Challenged us by telling us that I want to experience God every time in a different way. Whether I have prayed before I came here, whether we meet to pray, anytime we meet to share and pray, I want to experience God a different way. Praise the Lord. And I'm saying this to encourage you. Sometimes back we used to meet three people on a Bible study. And I remember this one evening when we prayed for one of the members who was looking for a job. She had applied for a job where there were 81 applicants. And there was only one position. And we prayed. She used to help us with child care. And I asked my kids to pray for her. And she got the job. Praise the Lord. So I'm just trying to encourage you out of the testimony of uh, uh, Sister Ruth. You can experience the presence of the Lord anywhere, not necessarily on the service. There are different meetings over the week where you can plug in and be in fellowship with brethren. Amen. Amen. Home groups are one of them. Amen. Please take uh, uh, advantage of those opportunities. We just want to thank God. Thank you, Pastor Russ, for this opportunity to share the word of God. But before we go into the word, we'll just like to appreciate all those who have taken uh, the discipleship training course, which ended yesterday. Amen. It's a really good course that trains people on how to reach others for Christ. And we trust that those who have taken this training will be able to use the knowledge and the skills uh, that they have gained into practice. I know some of them have already formed groups. They go out witnessing occasionally, distributing gospel tracts and sharing the four spiritual booklets. Uh, I'm sure when the evangelistic team meets together, there will be arrangements on how we can be able to team up together and continue going out to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. So during the 10 weeks when we were having the discipleship training, we suspended the Bible studies, which were on Saturdays in the evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, we, we did that so that we could allow the discipleship training to go on. But we will continue with the Bible studies again. From next Saturday, 27th, from 7 to 8 p.m., uh, we will continue with the Bible study. The Bible studies, we... We, we, we explore the Bible book by book, verse by verse. We have already done the book of Genesis. We have done the book of Exodus. And next, sorry, next Saturday, we will start from the book of Leviticus. Can we all say Leviticus? Leviticus. It's a very important book, which probably many people don't read. But it's when I was studying and looking I, through the scriptures, I found very valuable things. That book talks about holidays. 
If you want to learn about holiness, that's the book to read. Amen. Holiness is a necessity. It's not a luxury. Tell somebody holiness is not a luxury. And although in that book God is speaking to Israelites, his holiness is not restricted to them alone. It is to you and me. Amen. Amen. In that book, God reveals his holiness, which is completely different from any other in the world, any other in any nation. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you know why? Because only God, the God of Israel, is holy. Only him is holy. Praise the Lord. In that book, he sets requirements of, to us by telling us what is right and what is wrong. What is clean and what is unclean. And he also tells us the penalties for obedience. And you know what? God does not compromise when it comes to his holiness. There is no default position for God's holiness. We either get it right or get it wrong. You know, he offers us his light for darkness. He offers his forgiveness to us for sin. He is out to restore us and heal us of all sicknesses and diseases, just as people have testified here. Amen. Being holy is not an approximate game. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, amen. It requires us being sure, doing and getting things right. When we read the book of Leviticus, we find that we need a very clean spiritual environment because God is holy. In that book, he repeats these words. I am your Lord. I am holy. Be holy. Praise the Lord. There are a number of scriptures, actually even in the New Testament, that talk to us about the holiness of God. One is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. Can we read it together? 1 Thessalonians chapter... It should be 1 Thessalonians, sorry, chapter 3, verse 3. Okay, we can read those, even, even that one. That, that one is also still fine. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. Amen? What does it say? Amen. He's called us to holiness. That uncleanness comes from Leviticus. That's where you find uncleanness. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. I can't hear you. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see. Praise the Lord. And there are so many other New Testament scriptures that speak to us as believers that we need to be holy. In the book of Leviticus, you will find these words again and again. Be holy for I am holy. Actually, those words appear eight times in that book. And that's the highest number you'll find in any other book. In the book of Leviticus. Amen. 
you know what holiness means? The word holy means set apart for God's use. And things are holy only and only because God has said they are holy. If God has said nothing is holy, we, however anointed we are, we can't make them holy. Things are holy and only because God has made them holy. He has set them apart for his use. There are examples in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus. Priests were holy because God has set them apart for his use. Amen. Their garments were holy. The Sabbath is holy. Tithe, the one you pay in, is holy. That's what God has said, you see. And actually in the book of 1 Peter, God calls you and me as a believer holy. The book of 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. Can we read it together? 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. What does God call us? When he has called us, when we have accepted Jesus Christ, he calls you and me holy. What does it say? You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy uh-huh, to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus. I want you to underline that word, accepted. You will find it how God really helps us to understand. Amen. And verse 9 of the same chapter, it says this. But you are a chosen generation. Pastor Ras here told us who is chosen. We are all chosen. If you remember when he was introducing the time of prayer. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, what? A holy nation, its own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are holy because God has called us holy. If you go to the book of Leviticus, you can do a search. You can use several apps. Uh, there was this one called Bible Gateway. If you put these words, you'll see how many times they, ha- they appear in the book of Leviticus. The word holy appears 78 times the highest. That's a very wonderful book. 78 times. It depends on the Bible version you are using. I was using King James Version. The word clean or uncleanliness. Can we say clean? Clean. Cleanliness. That word appears 57 times. The word unclean. Can we say unclean? Can we say uncleanliness? It appears 92 times. That tells you how that book is valuable. It teaches us about holiness, without which we can't see God. The word atonement, can we say atonement? It appears 47 times. These words relate to holiness, and they tell us how important the book is. Praise the Lord. We are in a pandemic. Actually, that has got to do with cleanliness. In the book of Leviticus, there was a disease that if you had it, you had to isolate. 
either a day or seven days. And then after that, go and show up to the priest to declare you. I had COVID. I had to isolate for 10 days. And then after 10 days, go and show up myself to NHS to declare whether I'm free. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The book helps us to understand the requirements of walking with the Lord and more especially in the world we are living in and in the culture we are living in of covering sin. There are illustrations used there, symbols and examples that help us to figure out God's heart about holiness. There are two things that determine holiness. One, the way we walk and how we walk. Pastor Fabian here taught the other Sunday from Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is he who does not walk. Two things. The way you walk and whom you walk with. And number two, what you eat. And you'll find that in Leviticus. When he was preaching, he talked about meditating, chewing card. The animals you'll find in Leviticus have a very distinct way of walking. And that determines whether they are complete or not. And what they feed. Spiritually, if we have to be holy... We have to guard the way we walk and what we eat. Those are very, very, very significant. Praise the Lord. Where I come from, because it's not tarmacked, when you walk out there in the field, you can tell the footprints whether they are of a, a cow or a goat, or a sheep, or a wild animal. We have different tribes, and some of them come and raid and take cattle away. One time they did that to my daddy's farm. But we were able to locate the cattle where they were by following the... Exactly. The way you walk. In this church, if you look at the history back, you will find the footsteps of the man of God who has brought the church where we were worshiping in today this sanctuary by looking at the footsteps. Praise the Lord. Those animals used there are very significant. If you ever go to a safari in Africa or anywhere, if you want to find the big cats, the lions, the cheetahs, if you have a tour guide, they will go around, they look at the footsteps. You can easily tell the footsteps of a lion or a cheetah. And they will follow them. And the where they end, look around and you will see them. Praise the Lord. The way we walk. Can we say the way we walk? We'll find and explore how these animals that people, the Israelites, we are supposed to eat and walk how they help us to understand the completeness we find in God. A lamp, a lamp points us to who? Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. A snake points us to who? To the devil. Praise the Lord. The significance of these animals. They are God's creation, but God uses them to help us understand. When you see the rainbow, it tells you of what? God's promise. Praise the Lord. 
In that book, I'm going to get into our subject of preaching in a few minutes. In that book, there are about five types of offering it talks about. Five offerings. Three are voluntary. You have to give if you want. You have to offer the offering. The first one is a band offering. The second one is a grain or a meal offering. Or it's called a meat offering sometimes. And the third one is a peace or fellowship offering. Those three are voluntary. Praise the Lord. Two are compulsory. You have to offer them whether you have something or nothing. Sin offering and trespass offering. Can we say sin offering? Trespass offering. We'll cover the rest of the book on the Saturdays beginning next Saturday. But today I want to share from the book of Leviticus chapter 6 and chapter 19. And the portions of the scriptures which we are going to read um, talk about relationships. Can we say relationships? But we go there. Before we go there, I would like to mention two things that can help you if you study ahead. Things are either holy or common. Can we say holy? Common. Holy things are things which God has said they are holy. Amen. Common things are divided into two. So we have holy, we have common. Common things are further divided into two. Clean and unclean. Can we say clean? Unclean. Clean things are the ones that God has allowed us to use. Amen? Very well explained in that book. Unclean things, God calls them unclean. You should never even think of going there. Because they make you ceremonially unclean and not being able to worship God. Because they needed to be clean in order to come into the presence of the Lord. Purity. Let me tell you, if you have a mobile phone. Many of us have them. They are properly sealed because the items inside, the microchips inside need to be pure to function the way they should. And this is very common. If you ever miss one digit of a telephone number you are calling, the phone will go to the wrong person, isn't it? God's holiness is above that. There is no room for error. Amen. And this is to encourage us, the thoughts that God has for us. Let's turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 6 and chapter, yeah, let's start from chapter 6. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 6 and chapter 19, we'll find stories about relationships. Relationships, which, whose foundation is in the New Testament. When we turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37 to, 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 to 40, we find Jesus answering somebody who was asking him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus told him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hangs the law and the prophets. And the book of Leviticus speaks to us how we can practically 
conduct ourselves with our neighbors and um, with the people around us. I'm not sure whether you know that the relationship you have with your neighbor has a direct consequence of your relationship with God. That's what Jesus simply says. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen. And actually, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, he says this. So in everything, do to others what you would have, what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The same words Jesus, Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 22. When he ends speaking to that person about the greatest command, he says, on these two hang the law and the prophets. And in the same Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 12, Jesus ends the same. So who is your neighbor? Your neighbor could be the person seated next to you, your wife, your husband, your children, a complete stranger. Actually, when Jesus gives the parable of the good Samaritan, the man who was beaten was a stranger. Your neighbor could be anybody. Let's turn to um, Leviticus chapter 6, please. I said your relationship with your neighbor determines your relationship with God. It says this. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, if a person sins and commits a trespass against the Lord by lying to his neighbor, when you lie to your neighbor, you are sinning against God. Mm -hmm. So what does it continue to say? About what was delivered to him for safekeeping and about a pledge or about a pledge or about a robbery or if he has extorted from his neighbor or if he has found what was lost and lies concerning it and swears falsely in any of these things that a man may do in which he sins. What does the following verse continue to say? Then it shall be because he has sinned and is guilty that he shall restore what he has stolen or the thing which he has extorted or what was delivered to him for safekeeping or the lost thing which was found or that about which he has sworn falsely. He shall restore it full, add a fifth more to it and give it to whomever it belongs on the day of his trespass offering. I told you trespass offering was compulsory. So when we lie against our neighbor, or they lose something, you find it and you say you didn't get it, you're sinning against God. Relationship. Find that in the book of Leviticus. Praise the Lord. Why trespass offering? Because trespass comes from two Hebrew words. The first one is asham. Asham. Can we say asham? And it means guilty. It means guilt. So when, when we trespass, we are guilty of sin. When we lie 
or take somebody's thing, you will find so many things, so many practical ways that God wants us to be holy when we are dealing and having a relationship with somebody else. It means we are guilt, and that's why you've got to pay a trespass offering. And the second one is mal, M-W-A-L, which means violation. And it means that you have misappropriated or you have denied what is rightfully due to another person. Praise the Lord. Because God's image is in that person. So when we when 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 in in order to pay our trespass offering, we don't need to do that today because Jesus Christ is our trespass offering. Praise the Lord. We require to confess. We require to compensate. And we require restitution. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Leviticus chapter 19. From verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I am the Lord, for I, the Lord your God, I am holy. And then he continues to give instructions of how we are supposed to be holy. The instructions that follow are instructions that are practical, you and me can practice with your neighbor. I said your neighbor can be anybody. Verse 3 says, Every one of you shall revere his mother and father and keep my Sabbaths. See how revering your parents is connected to Sabbath. Amen? The word refer means your attitude. Your attitude towards your parents. How many young men do we have here? Teenager, younger. Amen. Thank you. Your attitude towards your parent determines your holiness. And this is different from when the Bible says, honor your father and honoring your father and mother means giving them something, supporting them. But this particular verse is saying your attitude towards your parent and those who are older than you, either by age or seniority, Pastor Ras is, is, is our pastor here. I'm younger than him. I mean, I'm older than him. <laughs> but my attitude towards him determines how I relate to God. Praise the Lord. Verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, and you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather 
every grape of your vineyard, you shall leave them to the poor and the stranger, your neighbor. Don't do that. We are not meeting God's holiness. And you know what he says? Once he gives that instruction, he says, I am the Lord your God. Praise the Lord. Verse 11, you shall not steal or deal falsely, nor lie to one another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. For I am, praise the Lord. And you will find many, many practical ways that you can live a holy life in the world we are living in. Very practical let me tell you one thing. The word of God is perfect. Whether it gives instructions for 3,000 years back or in the future, some of the things we read in the Bible will happen in the future. We can't even figure out how they will happen. But they will. The word of God is perfect. And there is great wisdom in doing what God has told us to do in his word. Right now, there are so many research about the book of Leviticus, about the foods and the diet, and they come out tick. Praise the Lord. God never makes any mistake. There is great wisdom in following what God has told us. Amen. You know, when you took your trespass offering, you used to give it to a priest and take it to the altar. Amen? And the fire of the Lord would come and consume that sacrifice. You remember this song? You provide the fire. I provide the sacrifice. You and me, we are the ones to bring the The fire would come from the if the Lord was pleased with your sacrifice, his fire would come and burn it. And it would turn into ashes. Every sacrifice, the fat of every sacrifice was supposed to be offered. And I'll tell you why. If God accepted your sacrifice, it would be burned into ashes. In Hebrew, the word accepted is the same word when the priest would come and tell you, go and pick your ashes from the altar. Same word, dashen. So if pastor has offered his trespass offering, I took it, I took it to the altar, the fire of the Lord came, and consumed them, is waiting out there at the outer court, I would come and tell him, Dashen, Pastor Ras would run out there. Imela, Imela, I thank you, God. Why? Because the evidence of ashes meant that God has done what? Say? Again? You are? That's what happened to Cain and Abel. Praise the Lord. Pastor has read to us 
The other Sunday, I think it was Sunday, Psalms 20, verse 3. Can we turn there? Psalms 20, verse 3. That psalm tells you, may the Lord accept your burnt offering. You know that they are accepted if you went to pick what? The ashes. When you have time, you can check through an interlinear Bible maybe that gives Hebrew and English. Praise the Lord. And you will find that phrase, go pick your ashes from the altar, or take the ashes from the altar and take them to the east of the temple or take them to the north. Two directions. Very significant. North, Calvary, east, Gethsemane, and Mount Olive. But this is my point. Relationships. Can we say relationships? Jesus tells us in the New Testament that if you have not dealt well with your neighbor, leave your trespass offering at the altar because you will not collect your ashes. Go back, ask for forgiveness, and come back. You will be able to collect your, your ashes. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he wants to restore us. It's the heartbeat of God for each one of us to be holy. And when we come into his presence, worship him with a clean heart. Amen. God requires us to be committed to him. You know, the relationships in the book of Leviticus are not arm's length relationships. It's not a relationship where I just offer you services. Like if you go to Asda, once you've bought what you buy, you go home. Asda doesn't follow, follow you. The relationship is a relationship called fiduciary. Can we say fiduciary? Relationship. Where you put the interests of your neighbor first. And we don't do that. I bought a car in Toyota and they are very good in that. They follow me up. Hello Paul, how is your car doing? Does it need and there are people in business and we are brothers and we don't deal with one another like that. And this has caused many problems. Many problems in families. Many problems with children. Many problems with our neighbors. And I believe God wants to heal and restore us today. We don't deal with one another on an arm's length. We need to deal with one another in a fiduciary way. In a relationship where you put the interests of the other. In, 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 in the parable of, of the good Samaritan. The man stopped what he was doing and put the, his interests on the man who was injured. Cleaned him, put oil on him, and took him to an inn and said, I'll come back and pay the balance. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. 
The book of James says that the world will know you because of your love for one another. I believe there could be somebody here who has had issues in the family, maybe through your parents. These things can eat us up. God wants to restore us. Maybe with your children, maybe with your neighbors, maybe with your relatives, whoever they are, maybe your bosses, your colleagues. Even as the choir comes up here, I just want to believe that God wants to restore us. And if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's his relationship that can make you acceptable before God. Amen. We would like to pray. The altar is open. If you have that need, please come. The Lord's holiness will be upon you. We are holy because God has called us holy. We have accepted Jesus Christ, our trespass offering, and God has declared you and me holy. Hallelujah. Feel free to come up here for prayer. God is out to restore your relationships. God is out to heal you. Praise the Lord. God is out to make each one of us complete and acceptable before him. Hallelujah. God.